Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Today, I want to unwrap this gift, and it's love. It's love. Last Sunday, we talked, we unwrapped the gift of hope, but Jesus came to also give us love and to understand what love is. In fact, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to be in verses 8 through 14. Luke 2, 8 through 14. It says this. It says this. It says, that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of the sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And I want to stop there. You have to understand something. When the angel goes to the, to the shepherds and he, the angel is announcing the good news that Jesus Christ is born, that is where we first see the gospel. They are announcing the good news, the gospel that Jesus has come, that the king has come. I'm going to teach today a little bit, and so I'm going to take my time with this because when we think of love, love is very, it's a a word that is either going to produce the best in you and for you, or it's a word that will produce envy and negative feelings. Because some people in this room, you've experienced love in a beautiful way. And there's some in this room that you've experienced love and it, and it hasn't been what you pictured. It hasn't been the fairy tale that you thought it would be. And so when you see love, you begin to think different things. And you compare love to other people. You compare love to movies because you... You thought, man, he should have come in a white horse and picked me up. He didn't. He came in a Mustang. I don't know what he did. Now, beat up Honda. I don't know how he came to you. Or, you know, you, 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 you picture this thing, and we have to understand something. That the very definition of love is God. And when Jesus came to give us this gift, he came to give us love that we cannot experience by human standards. You can't experience love by what you see on TV. Even the spouse that you're married to or the person that you're dating or whatever you are right now in your current life or even your parents, that love doesn't compare to the love of God. It doesn't. And I'm here to encourage you because maybe there's people in this room that you've been hurt and it's a season for your life that you produces things that you don't like, I'm here to encourage you 
Accept the love of God because that's going to produce something you've never had in your life. Something far better than what you've experienced up to this point. It's the love of God. It's the good news of the gospel that Jesus has come for me and you. He's come to set us free. He's come to save us. So many people get love twisted. And then when it comes to loving God, they have a hard time loving God because they're trying to love God from a standard set by man. And it's not supposed to be that way. But if I can come from a place and understand the love of God for my life and what the love of God produces in my life, then I can experience true peace and true hope and all these things that the Bible talks about when I learn to understand that. So today I want to talk about the gift of love, the love of God. And there's three things I want to talk about today. Number one is this, if you're taking notes, is that the love of God is unconditional. I'm teaching today. The love of God is unconditional. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid and you used to play with your friends, whether it was tag or dolls or, or whatever with toys. And whenever you would play with your friend and your friend wouldn't do what you wanted, you'd be like, if you don't do this, I'm not going to play with you anymore. Do you remember that? Oh, if you don't do this, me and you are never going to be friends. Your friendship was based on a game. And as kids, we would put conditions. Like, if you don't do this, I'm, me and you, are not, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. I'm not going to play with you anymore. And you would put conditions. And sometimes as adults, even though we're not playing those games anymore, we put conditions on other people. And in those, if they don't meet the condition, then I'm not going to give them the love that they want and vice versa. But the love of God is unconditional. You have to understand something. The Bible says this in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What did he do? He gave his son, Jesus Christ, for me and you before we ever accepted him. Before we ever said, Jesus, I accept you in my heart, he already loved you and he sent his son for you. Which tells me and you that it is an unconditional love. It is a love that is based on God himself before you ever came into the picture. He loved you. Before you ever set foot in this building, he loved you. If you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus, he loves you. He loves you contrary to what popular belief tells you. That's why, here's the thing. It's very common. It happens all the time. Many people get frustrated with Jesus and Christianity because they think they have to perform for God to love them. They think, I got to do these things so that God can maybe just love me a little bit more. Whether you go to church seven times a day or you don't, can I tell you something? He loves you. God cannot love you more or less. He loves you. And if we don't get the revelation of God's love for me and you, we will always live frustrated lives. 
we will always be frustrated. We will always come into the, through these doors and feel like we can't worship God because we haven't gotten the proper revelation of the love of God. Because the love of God, can I tell you, can I tell you something, church? The love of God will empower you to know that God's will is to heal your life. To know and accept that it's God's will for you to prosper. And it is God's will to save your life. It empowers you to know that and accept that. When you know and accept that, it makes your life easier to live. You don't have to live with your always looking aside and paranoid and, man, is God going to kill me today? Am I going to hell today? When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that was your ticket to eternity. Before you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, he still loves you and you have an opportunity to be with him forever. But he loves you. He loves you. Before anything else, he loves you. And he, lo- and he proved it by sending his son to me and you. And he proves it every single day by sending people in your life to help you get back on track. God loves you enough to send people to bring you here. Whether, someone, whether you're a parent and your kids came or somebody invited you from work or school or whatever, God loves you by sending people your way. God loves you by having people pray for you and surround you. That's why church is important. You're going to find the best community in church. Are we perfect people? No, we're not perfect people. For anyone to say, oh, no, church is for a bunch of hypocrites. Well, there's a seat for you too. But it's the perfect place to be. Why? Because we're all going towards the same goal, and that's to be with Jesus forever. We all understand the love of God. And his love is unconditional. Paul said it best also. Ephesians chapter 2, 4, and 5, if you can put it up them. Ephesians 2, 4, it says this. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. His love is unconditional. Religion, some of you today have to break from your spirit, religion, where you feel like you have to prove yourself to God for God to love you. No, I got to prove myself. I got to earn my scar. You know, whatever you, in your mind you think. The Bible says that when you were dead in your sins, he came to give you life. Because he loves you. And we can, we can live at peace knowing that God loves me. He loves me unconditionally. My daughter, Catalina, uh, she, she got, she says this word a lot now because a lot of times, you know, she's one years old, so she's walking now and everything. And um, sometimes we're at the house and she'll be right behind me, but I don't know if she's, if that she's, I don't know if parents, do you remember that when your kids are like right behind you? 
You don't even know they're there. They're like ninjas at the age of one. So sometimes she'll be right behind me because she likes to hug my leg. And so I, sometimes I don't know. And I turn and then, you know, she falls down. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I said, I'm sorry and all these things. But we say sorry to her so much that now she says sorry for everything. If I were to bring you to you and, I don't know, you picked her up, she'll be like, sorry. And so now we're trying to teach her, Catalina, you don't, you're okay. You don't have to say sorry for every little thing. She says sorry now. So there was one time where I was washing dishes. Hey, I was washing dishes. Men, you could do this too. Women, you're like, tell, tell my husband one more time. Say it for the people in the back. I was washing dishes, and um, Catalina, she had, wants to grab everything, open the, open the covers, and just throw everything. So she kept grabbing things, and then she would drop it. Sorry, Dad. I'd be like, Catalina, it's okay. I love you. So I kept washing dishes. She would drop something else. Sorry, Dada. She calls me Dada. Sorry, Dada. I'm like, Catalina, it's okay. I love you. She did it like three, four times. And finally, you know, it, it kind of hit me when I was washing the dishes. And I was like, this is exactly how God is with his children. God, I'm sorry. And God's response is, I love you. I love you. There's nothing that my daughter can do to ever stop me from loving her. How much more God for me and you? That his love exceeds mine. And we have to get to a place where we see it like that. Are we responsible? Do we have to make right decisions? Of course. Are there consequences for every decision? Yes. There are good and bad consequences with with every decision we make. But I have to realize and remind myself, God, I'm sorry. And God's response is, It's okay. I love you. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. Just like my love for my daughter is unconditional. God is not like the weather church where it changes all the time. I mean, I don't know. Laredo's just hot all the time. Okay. But you know what I mean. It changes all the time. God is not like the weather where me and you live by and respond by the conditions of the weather. If it's cold, I got to put a jacket on. If it's hot, I got to take the jacket off. God is not like the weather. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change. He doesn't love you one day and hate you the next. He's not proud of you because you sat in this building today and that he's mad at you because... You didn't come back on Tuesday for prayer. I'll be mad, but he's not. He doesn't change. Therefore, I don't have to change my conditions to meet his. Does it make sense? I'm changing my conditions for the weather because ain't nobody going to wear a jacket in 110 degree weather. But here's the thing. The love of God is unconditional. That means that the foundation of our faith, the foundation of how we live and what we do is based on the love 
of God. Unconditional. The love of God is not just unconditional, but the love of God is also sacrificial. We read in John 3.16, they put it up there earlier, that for God to love, put it one more time so people can see, because the people that they've never been here. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Before Jesus ever comes into the picture, man was separated by sin. They were separated by sin. There was war between man and God. And so when Jesus comes into the picture, he ends the war and opens the door so that me and you can be connected to God once again. In the Old Testament, I had to sacrifice animals to get the love, the approval, I'm sorry, of God, to get in right standing with God. Jesus comes and becomes the ultimate sacrifice so that through him, I have connection to God. And through him, I have salvation and healing and blessing and every good thing that comes from God. Bible says, for God so loved the world, and you could put your name there, for God so loved Danny or Aaron or whatever your name is, for God so loved your name that he gave his son for you. It's a sacrificial love. Romans 5, 8, can you put it real quick? Look what it says. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That means that when me and you were still sinning and rejecting God and said, God, I could care less what you say, what your, what your word says. He's like, I sent my son anyways. I sent my son for people that will never say yes to me. I sent him anyways. I sent my son for people that were set in their ways. I sent for him anyways. It's a sacrificial love, church. It's a love that is willing and, to, and choosing to sacrifice for me and you. And God's sacrifice not only is for our salvation, but is to live in and through him in response to his love for us. That's why I will live for God whom others may not. That's why I make the decisions I make because of my love for God. Regardless if culture and people out there don't care or don't want to. I don't live for the people around me. I live for God. Therefore, my decisions and my actions are a response to that sacrifice. And in return, I am willing to also sacrifice friendships, influence, and any other thing that man likes to hold high esteem to. I am willing to sacrifice it for my love for God. It is a sacrificial love. 
When you got married, there are things that you had to sacrifice so that you can come together. There are things that you had to let go. And sometimes they're a big deal, and sometimes they're funny things. Like, do you twist your toothpaste or do you roll it up? Which one is it? And you had to come to a compromise and sacrifice. Do you like to sleep early or do you like to sleep late? Let's sacrifice and meet. There are things that you've chosen to sacrifice and it's the same thing. It's not the same thing, obviously, but the concept is that I'm willing and I'm choosing. Even though sometimes it's like, man, do I really got to let go of these friendships? Man, do I really have to cut off these people that I've known for years? And sacrifice doesn't feel good, but sacrifice has produced something that you couldn't have done before. Athletes in the room, you sacrifice time, money, and energy for what? For the championship. You sacrifice. You get up at a time that nobody else wants to get up at. I remember I played sports getting up at 6 a.m. I hated it, but I did it for what? The love of the game. And that game, can I be honest, will fade away. That's how much more God am I willing to sacrifice for my love for him? Where my eternity rests on. Sacrifice. First John says this. He goes on this list about love. But we're going we're gonna to stop in a certain point. But I wanted to show you this. First John chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 14. It says, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with boldness, with confidence, I'm sorry, and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. And it ends there. So John breaks it down. What a sacrificial love is. 
It's loving others because Jesus said in the gospels, he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Many times, the reason why we have a hard time loving other people is because we have a hard time loving ourselves. We have a hard time loving ourselves. There are things that we don't like about ourselves. There are, you can, to be completely honest, you can, some of you that are sitting here are like, you know what? There's a list of things that I don't like that I do sometimes. Whether it's things that I say when I'm angry, uh, whether it's decisions that I'm constantly making, there are things that we do that we don't like about ourselves. And so because we're frustrated with ourselves, it's hard to love other people. And many times it's hard to celebrate when other people are winning because we aren't. But Jesus said in the Gospels, and then John echoes it later on. To love, and if we don't love our brothers and sisters, he says, then we are still dead. But if you do love, then it shows that you've gone from death to life. So to live a sacrificial love, just like Jesus, it requires that me and you express that love for other people. Just like he expressed his love for me and you when he died on the cross. It requires me and you to strip off any kind of notion just because the person doesn't believe Jesus the way you do or think the way you do. And it's a hard thing because right now in our culture, it is so divided. Have you not noticed it? It's so divided. And people are constantly fighting. And people are constantly going at each other's throats. And then there, and it come, and in politics, no, hombre. The carne asadas get lit in those, with your tia, your grandma, whoever. And it's hard. It's hard. Because we're such, we're surrounded by such, so much division. But here's the thing. God called us to sacrifice that and to love. There are people that I, there's a lot of people that I don't agree with. But I love them. I don't wish ill towards them. I'm not driving my car and, oh man, I, I hope they crash today. No, I don't. I hope they choke in their, their taco today. No, I don't do that. Get food poisoning and throw up. They'll do things that anger me and say things. But at the end of the day, my responsibility is to love. Because if Jesus could love me and my messed up self sometimes, he can certainly, I can certainly love other people. So God is calling us as a sacrificial love to express that, to not just talk about love, but to live it. John said it, it's in our actions. How can me and you put on our decals or say, man, Jesus loves you and not put that into action? It's like saying, I use my daughter for an example. It's like saying, Catalina, I love you, but I never hug her or kiss her or ever do anything that a father's supposed to do. 
That's not love. That's the same thing. It requires an action. It requires me to respond. It requires, the Bible says, to, to not only live that out, but to live in obedience to God. And living in obedience to God might not feel good in the moment, but can I tell you something? It's worth it in the end. Bible says, and they, actually we mentioned that in prayer. If you can go back to 1 John chapter 3. On Tuesday we talked about this. Because I talked about five things that block our prayers. And what I mean by that is five things. I talk about five things that put a block on why God isn't answering some of our prayers. It says, and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of, Je- of, of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know that he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. Obedience, church, is a response to God's love. But obedience also opens the door for God to do more in our life. Just like you obey the cops out of obedience, even though you want to go 80 on a, on a 40. I'm guilty of that. If there's a cop, please don't remember my name. But because you obey, what happens? I don't get the ticket. You don't see Pastor Sam on KGNS. Pastor arrested for going 100 on a 40. If that ever happens, I'm sorry. Keep coming to church. Bail me out if you have money in here. But out of my obedience to the authorities, I don't have to deal with court. I don't got to pay a ridiculous fine. I don't have to do any of those things because of my obedience. How much more the Lord? Because here's the thing. Humanity can only give you so much. But the possibilities are endless when it comes to the Lord. That's why Mark 9, 23 says that anything is possible for those who believe. And if I believe who God says he is, then I'll obey him because of his love for me and my love for him. And I understand that if I, when I live in obedience, the blessings of God come because I'm understanding that my life belongs to him. Last one is this. I promise you, get out of here. Is that the love of God is transformational. The love of God is transformational. In other words, the love of God. When I, when I understand, and I understand, get the revelation that God loves me and that his love is unconditional and the love is sacrificial, it creates transformation for my life. I am no longer who I used to be. I no longer want to live how I used to be. I don't want to act like how I used to be because the old me died and the new me resurrected through Christ Jesus. 
You're not going to find that Pastor Sam anymore. You're going to find the new person in Christ. It transforms your life. In fact, let me read you something. For those of you in this room, if you've ever felt like your joy or um, your love kind of drifted, you have to ask yourself the question. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, and you can put it real quick. Bible says that don't love money be besides what you have for God has said I will never fail you I will never abandon you I will never fail you and I will never abandon you so if God doesn't fail us or abandon us the question you have to ask yourself is who moved the moments that we feel like our, our joy is gone and our, we're drifting away we have to ask ourselves because if God doesn't move and if God is the same yesterday, then what am I, what am I doing? Am I the one that moved? Am I the one that stopped believing? Am I the one that stopped praying? Did, am I the one that I buried my faith and now every time I pray, there are so many what ifs in my prayer? So many doubts. So many people in Spanish, they say, si Dios quiere, right? God wants. He wants to, just so you know. He wants to. That's like old religious Spanish talk because they want to be safe. He wants to. You can stand on your feet. Church, me and you are capable of living in the fullness of God. Me and you are capable of living a transformational life. The love of God transforms us to who we were always meant to be. You standing here today, you were never meant to be depressed for the rest of your life or angry or doubtful or fearful that was never God's intention when he made you. He didn't make you and say, for this person, at the age of 25, they're going to go through this and their, their life is meant to be a life of hell from that moment on. That's not what God does. Church, we live in a sinful humanity, in a culture that doesn't recognize God but that cannot, that cannot be your depiction of who God is. When you give your life to Jesus, it transforms you to a new person. And the moments that you feel like, Pastor Sam, I'm going through some battles. Jesus said that we were going to go through things but he also said, take heart for I have overcome the world. You're going to go through things. Life's going to happen. Things are going to happen. But take heart because there's victory in me. There's victory in Jesus today. You got a problem. There's victory in Jesus today. 
that's what we gain from the love of God victory where I don't have to live 10 years with the same problem I don't have to live 10 years addicted to drugs I don't have to live 25 years addicted to whatever you could think of pills or because whatever you you got some PTSD or something I don't got to live like that Jesus can come and heal my mind and my body. Jesus can give me a distaste for the things that I'm addicted to. Jesus said in Mark 9.23, anything is possible for those who believe. Those who believe. And that's why it's transformational church. Let me read. Can I read one more verse to you? Titus. Can you put Titus real quick? Titus was one of Paul's, besides Timothy, was Titus, follower of Paul. He said this. He said, But when our, when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. That is what we get from the love of God. That's how we get transformed. And you can stay transformed, church, simply learning to magnify God, glorify God. Magnify God over your problems. Magnify God with the Word of God. Because you have to understand that whatever you magnify, it multiplies, good or bad. Learn to magnify, learn to have a thankful heart. God, thank you. That's why we say thank you all the time here, Lord. Thank you. Thank you because you know I don't know why? Because me and you could not get to where we are without his love and grace. We, we, we couldn't do it on our own. We've tried to. We've attempted to. Do, and what has it done? Not much. It's also having the right attitude, the right heart. That's how we live a transformation, having the right heart, the right attitude. Mark 12, 35 says, Later, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple, he asked, Why do the teachers of religious law claim that the the Messiah is the son of David? Why do the teachers, he said, teaching the people this, why do the teachers of religious law claim that the Messiah is to keep going? For David himself, speaking on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, The Lord said to my Lord, Still in the place of honor, sit in the place of honor, my right hand, until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Keep going. Since David himself called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? The large crowd listened to him with great delight, with great delight. 
I'm going to stop there for a second. The religious people were arguing about Jesus. Because we're, you understand, Jesus comes from the line of David. So they're going, they're back and forth, they're arguing. And they start talking about who Jesus is. And what you see in the story is that if when you don't have the right heart, you'll never accept the right things. And you miss out on the miracle that's right in front of your face. Those religious people were arguing about historical things and trying to go back and forth. And they were missing out on that the Savior was right in front of them. If you go to the Gospels, you can see in Matthew, he does a genealogy. And you see, and now I'm going like a Bible nerd to you. You see the line all the way that it leads to Jesus, just like they said it would. I think Matthew did that because he was like, he, Matthew did that, he was trying to prove to Jewish people, because Jewish people, even to this day, they don't recognize Jesus the Messiah. So he does that to prove to them. So today we unwrapped this gift of God's love that is unconditional, it's sacrificial, and it's transformational. That's God's love for us. I pray that you would be at peace with that today. That you are loved. That there's still a future. And maybe there's somebody in this room that you've never accepted Jesus and you've never accepted this love, but today you can start. You can start a new path today. You don't have to wander for the rest of your life or live struggling or all the other things. No, no, you can live at peace with Jesus. And you can live at peace knowing that if today was your last day, eternity awaits for you with him forever thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us we are located at 4519 east del mar boulevard in laredo texas and we hope that you continue to be a part of our icm family